When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Mellow Compass podcast. We are the podcast that aims to educate our listeners on the variety of opportunities available in the music industry by really getting beneath what job titles actually mean. We do this through open, honest and inspiring stories from our guests who share with us about their careers in music, what they do day to day as well as any challenges they may have overcome as a woman in music. This episode is coming to you all the way from Melbourne, Australia, with Zylo, producer, songwriter, and founder of Music Production for Women. If you want to know more about music production or trying to understand career opportunities in this area, then grab a pen and paper because this is packed full of advice. Zylo, welcome to the Mellow Compass podcast. It's so wonderful to have you on the pod. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Nikki. It's such a pleasure to be chatting to you today. So we are predominantly going to be talking about uh, music production for women, the company that you started a couple of years ago today. And just to kick off, for anybody who isn't familiar with music production for women, what is it and why did you create it? So we exist pretty much to empower women in the area of music production and music tech. And as you know, people might know, there are different studies with different numbers, but between sort of two and five percent of commercial uh, producers seem to be women which is a pretty shocking statistic and um, just reflecting on my own journey as a artist who was wanting to bring her musical vision to life it was very very frustrating the situations that I had to deal with working with other producers who happened to be men and uh uh, unfortunately, the experiences I had were were not very good and got to a point where the only way for me to keep making music was to learn to produce myself. And then that journey itself was a bit lonely. And I eventually got to a point where I was releasing music that I had produced and it was just such a game changer. And I was thinking, 
oh my gosh, I, I wonder how many other women are in a similar position to what I was in and, and just dealing with situations that maybe they don't have to deal with if they can just take control and do this for themselves. So I just put into MPW everything that I wish existed when I first started producing music and um, and yeah, and we're, I guess, close to four years in. And it's been a wild journey, I would say. (laughs) And when you were, you know, trying to be training yourself and finding these, um, these ways to kind of upskill yourself in the area of music production, away from working with um, male counterparts in that area, how did you go about doing that? So I was looking for resources that I could use to learn that I could do alongside my full-time job uh, and I didn't want to uh, kind of join like a full, you know, four-year degree or something like that because I felt like I just wanted the skills to be able to bring my um, music to life and didn't really want to kind of take a stop, put my life on hold for, uh, for a few years to kind of do that. Uh, obviously, there are pros to to take that approach completely, but I, I felt like it wasn't the right thing for me. So I just looked for other resources like YouTube or going to different producer forums and that kind of thing. And yes, I think a lot of those sort of resources do tend to be quite male heavy. And going to some of these forums, I just felt a little bit like I was keeping to myself I was just in the corner of the room and didn't really want to ask any questions or um, mingle because I felt a bit like the odd person out so uh, so yeah so those are the kind of resources uh, that I used in in my journey got it and now that you are you know giving your expertise to so many other women in the area who particularly are your um, your target audience, would you say? Is it a particular age of women? So, you know, songwriters who are also in the process of learning production, because obviously we, have, we do have a lot of, you know, bedroom writers now, particularly with so much music being discovered on digital streaming services. Um, yeah, who... If anybody's listening and, you know, really wants to find out more about how they can get involved with MPW, then, um, yeah, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, so the people that work with us predominantly usually fall between the sort of 25 to 35 age group for the most part. We do have some people younger than that. We do have people in there in their fifties as well and sixties, I believe, which I absolutely love. uh, And I think that's so great. It is mostly people that are writing their own music and are sort of independent artists looking to self-produce, I would say, rather than people who are looking to be producers and produce other artists. So we do have some of those, not not really primarily in that category, I would say. Uh, And it's essentially 
the people that we help most are the people that were in a similar situation to what I was as a vocalist and a songwriter who's looking to produce her own music and not really finding another way to do that. So um, so it, it's just happened that that's who we kind of work with because I guess I feel like I understand their problems more than anyone else um so so yeah so if if there are people looking to work more in a studio space or something for example then uh we probably wouldn't be able to help too much because we don't really um work with hardware and all of that stuff but if you're if you're kind of the bedroom producer as we said or uh, kind of bedroom artist then I feel like you would definitely benefit from from what we do, or hopefully anyway. Got it, got it. And you also um, offer a lot of workshops and courses and program training programs for people to work in and up their skills in music production. Share with us, what are, what is your most popular course? So we've actually, over the last few years, we've done this a few different ways and we were doing a lot of short courses in different topics and all of that. And it was fun, but I think what we realized was for our students to really get the best experience and the most immersive experience, they need to have a bit more of a structured curriculum rather than doing a two-day intensive here and a two-week intensive here of random topics. So at the start of this year, we developed and launched the Master Your Music program, which is a one-year program, and it goes through a lot of different topics that we know that all independent artists are going to need. So I think sometimes what I found as an artist anyway was you don't really know what you need to know. So it's not that the knowledge isn't out there, like everything you want to know is somewhere on the internet, but how do you actually know what to search in what order so that things are coming to you at a, um, in a way that makes sense. So, uh, so yeah, so we designed the program to start with planning your year. So it, it, it kicks off in February. So we spend a bit of time coming up with What's your vision for your music? Looking at your goals, um, looking at creating a bit of a um, plan for you and also working around all of the other commitments in your life and finding out where music fits in. And all of that, I think, for me, is really important to define before you go headfirst into all the technical stuff because unless you get very clear on that, then you don't really know what you're working towards. So we really define uh, that. So, you know, where do you want to get to with your music? And then we go into the production um, and then, uh, you know, we have a variety of other modules on there. Once you uh, have a song and the release strategy and, and all of that, and then spending a bit of time on songwriting, a little bit on music theory, and then kind of more, uh, intermediate to advanced production and then a bit of mixing sound design so there's about I think 12 to 13 topics that we cover throughout the year and um, and there are lots of other things as well like we do monthly mentoring sessions um, there's weekly track feedbacks uh, we invite people from the industry to give our students feedback on their music as well um, so 
it's I think a lot more immersive than people might initially think because it's the main part of it is a weekly masterclass to go through these topics but then there are all these other things as well just to really make sure that our students never feel alone in the process or never feel like they don't have someone to talk to about what they're going through oh that's awesome yeah to avoid that lonely place that you can sometimes get to as a as a producer exactly exactly um and as as production as a field I think can be a bit feel like it's just you in this room and there's no one else sort of thing so I think that connection is so so important so that's our main master your music course and then outside of that we do lots of other events that are uh, often free throughout the year and we just finished a charity masterclass. so the last session of every year we usually do a class where we raise money for a particular charity that's important to us um, so that was this morning. In fact, I'm not sure <laughs> when we'll release this uh, this episode, but um, but yeah, there are lots of other things going on throughout the year um, uh, that people can check out as well. Got it. And I did notice that, you know, you mentioned it at the beginning of the Master Your Music course that you do delve into mindset and goal setting and um, really getting your head in a healthy place to be planning ahead which I think sometimes is something that is very much overlooked because we're very good at going into action and I want to accomplish this, I want to accomplish that, but actually without this kind of laying the foundation of, um, you know, why am I doing this? What is my overall ambition? Particularly for a year-long program like that, you may get to three months in and then go, oh, hold on, <laughs> what am I doing here? You know, why am I spending my time with this? So yeah, that's that's really, really awesome to hear that you, you know, you focus in on that so much. And it's evident from um, the kind of posts that you put out on your socials as well. It's kind of like coming from that place of the empowering women, empowering women to like keep going and realize your dreams. Um because as you said, you know, music production is an area that is quite male dominated still. And actually just to know that there are other people out there who can be your mentors and can show you the way is I'm sure when some people discover your, um, your workshops that it's kind of like a sigh of relief of like, oh my God, I can do this. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think when we first started, I feel like there were less or maybe I just wasn't aware but there were less women in music sort of groups out there uh, on Instagram and I remember at the time we would get messages from people just saying oh my gosh I'm so glad I found you and I'm so glad you exist and uh and just wanting to be part of the conversation whether they did anything with us kind of further and it was a huge thing for me because I I didn't really do much research, which is maybe not what I would recommend for anyone else starting a business of how viable is this thing? What's the demand going to be? I just thought, you know what, I think it would be useful for me. So hopefully other people will find it useful too. So to get those sort of comments was was really, really beautiful. And we still do on occasion, which is uh, which is really lovely for me to see. And one thing that you mentioned as well, Nikki, about 
really defining your goals. And I think that's become more and more evident to me because I think as independent artists or artists in general, sometimes you look at big pop stars and think, oh, you know, that's what I want and that's the lifestyle that I'm aiming for without understanding really the impact that that has on your lifestyle. And the more I've been speaking to people through through our own podcast, for example, and speaking to people that have been on those really big tours, you know, arena tours that go for a year and all of that, it's just made it clear for me that there are certain things that you think that you want, but when you dig into it, for me personally, as a really outdoorsy person and like being out in nature and stuff, like that would not be the kind of lifestyle that I want. So I think that's something that we spend a bit of time as well speaking to our students about and having them build their own pictures uh, that work with them and, and their own lifestyle rather than aiming for something that they probably, when they dig into it, maybe isn't the right thing for them and then feeling disappointed that they don't get there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think nowadays I don't want to say you know nowadays but I think in more (laughs) recent years (laughs) um, probably as an outcome of the pandemic as well the area of mindset and mental health has become so much more at the forefront of everything that people do yeah yeah definitely and recently because this wasn't always something that you did full-time so you have actually gone full-time as of this year I believe what was it that enabled you to do that so it's been a little bit over a year now uh, I guess and um, what enabled me was actually a very bad situation uh, at my work so I was working somewhere and I absolutely loved the job and it was all going really well and then Towards the end, there was a bit of a rift in the in the kind of team that I was working in and it all became quite a toxic situation and so much so that I felt that I just needed to quit, quit that job. And um, when I did that, it just gave me this additional resolve that I have to make working for myself work because I don't like working for other people (laughs) so yeah so at that time I was pretty angry and upset at the situation and all of that but in a way now perhaps I need to thank those people who at that time made my life really difficult because I wouldn't maybe have taken that move and thought right that's it I'm gonna make this work um, no matter what so uh so yeah so after I left that I was just like this has to work and I just will keep going until it does. So, uh, so yeah. And, and once you kind of make up your mind to do something, you're just a lot more committed, obviously. And, and, uh, you, you work a lot harder, I think. And there's nothing like stopping all forms of income to really push you, (laughs) you know, to work really hard. Awesome. And you, and yeah, I mean, I think for anyone listening who is a more of like on the creative side and being a producer, you know, like the 
the income side can be um, I call it flaky, but it's not consistent. <laughs> so when you do have something that can provide you with a consistent income whilst also doing that creative side of your job, like I mean, that is definitely going to push you to kind of help yourself, but then also help other people realize their capabilities and their skills. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I will add to that, though, that I know I mentioned I kind of quit my job and then the financial stresses kind of pushed me to work harder. But I am a huge advocate for musicians to have some sort of secure-ish form of income at least to cover their living expenses whether you're working in hospitality or whatever it is to make sure that you're able to pay your bills and and to pay your rent and all of that because I think a lot of the time musicians might think right I'm going to quit everything and I'm going to work really hard for for six months and then their money runs out and we know anything about the music industry is that nothing happens overnight and it mm. really is a long-term game. So I think it's so important and maybe not spoken about enough how important it is to make sure that you can go uh, go the distance by making sure that your um, immediate needs to survive are looked after by having some sort of income stream. Yeah, absolutely. And it probably, you know, when you don't have the stresses of money as well, that enhances your happiness, um, which in turn can, you know, that has a ripple effect into your craft and writing and, you know, every other area of your life. Yeah, for sure. And and when I when I say I quit my job and started this, I am a trained accountant. So, of course, I got my spreadsheets and I, you know, put in all of my living costs for a month, you know, and I worked out what my savings are, how long can that sustain me uh, and set up a budget for myself of what my spending limits were and all of that stuff. So it wasn't just sort of on a whim, just decided to do that. Um, And all of that, I think, is so important as well. Yeah, knowing your facts and knowing where where you can go with that (laughs) yeah 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 spreadsheets are your best friend when you need to figure that sort of stuff out the best (laughs) the best (laughs) so now that you are doing this full time and you know it's clearly clearly growing what does a typical day look like for you hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, I would say it's mostly things like emails and lots of meetings. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, maybe less glamorous. I don't know what it looks like from the outside, but it's, it's pretty much like most other jobs other than the fact that I really, really believe in, uh, in the outcome and the impact that it's having on people. So that that's kind of what's the end result of it. But yeah, most, most days it's um, meetings. If we have a class that day, then I will uh, run the class with someone from our team as well. And for example, this morning uh, we ran the, the charity event. Um, after that, I had a meeting with Yamaha. So uh, they're um, a great brand. And uh, and then we, yeah, lots more emails, contacting a lot, lot more brands. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I think doing this podcast and then um, we've been also nominated for a small business award. So actually after this, I'll be going to that online ceremony so we'll see I don't know if we'll win but being a finalist is good anyway so definitely yeah, yeah it gives you recognition <laughs> doesn't it yeah for sure for sure yeah, yeah. and just to clarify because we're actually speaking to you you're in Melbourne I'm in London right now so you had the charity event in the morning was that something that was in person and most of your programs they are online aren't they so anybody in the world can enroll onto the programs yes exactly so all of the things that I mentioned I did today it was pretty much from uh, my room <laughs> so my, my workspace here and um, I started MPW when I was living in London so it a lot of our students are still, I would say, UK Europe based. I was there for two years temporarily. So I knew that I would have to up and leave and that it needed to be able to run online. So that was before COVID. So surprisingly, that model ended up being COVID proof when COVID did come along. Mm. So yeah, so it is all online. We do have some in-person events in London so uh, earlier this year, we did a, a one-day event in London, which was really, really fun. So uh, yeah, but for the most part, anyone can join us from any part of the world. And, and this year in our 
in our course. I believe the only continent that wasn't represented was Antarctica. So that's great. <laughs> that is pretty phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so pretty happy with that. <laughs> Definitely. Do you know when you'll next be in London for one of these events? Well, we we have one in the calendar tentatively for July next year. So we did one July this year. So uh, hopefully we can make that an annual thing. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, coming to the UK once a year from Australia is in itself, you know, a fair distance. Yes, it's very far. But uh, yeah, my plan is just to skip winter all the time, Nikki. So we'll see <laughs> if I can make that work. It's a very, yeah, it's a very, very wise plan. I mean, I'm sitting here and it's like three degrees outside and it's probably beautiful and <laughs> warm where you are. It is finally starting to get warm, actually. It's been quite, quite miserable um, lately, but uh, but no, it is nice. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Um, so we've also got a couple of questions from our producer, uh, Rosie, who is obviously a woman in music production herself. Um, and so we, we thought, let's take the opportunity to ask these questions to someone who is very much ingrained in this sector. And I'm sure some of our listeners will, you know, empathize with these. Or So the first one is... Obviously, in music production, there's a lot of technical knowledge um, needed. Um, do you have any advice for when you're in a situation where that, there's that real kind of boys club mentality um, and having the courage to speak up when perhaps you're not completely understanding something? An example being um, if a male producer or sound engineer is giving an explanation and using lots of acronyms, you don't necessarily understand, um, but you may not have the courage to put yourself forward and say, um, do you mind clarifying what you mean by that? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Rosie. And um, it's a, it is a really tough one because I've definitely been there before. And when I lacked the confidence, uh, then I did not uh, feel that I could ask what what that was or ask them to clarify. But more recently, when I feel like I've been able to build that confidence in myself, I've realized that, you know, I'm, I'm not stupid, I, I would hope. And if I don't get it, it's probably likely that, you know, some other people don't get it as well. And it's not only going to be me not understanding because I'm a woman and I know I have thought those things as well. So if anyone else has as well, then it is okay. But just realize that it's very unlikely that you're going to be the only person that doesn't get it. So just to ask that and not feel shy about it. And I know that's a bit easier to say, uh, say than do, but just to have that confidence in yourself that, you know, there's no reason that we wouldn't understand uh, as women. And so if you are a good teacher and hopefully whoever the person that's being spoken to is, then it is your job to clarify that and to put it in terms that people understand. And it is a bit of a pet peeve of mine when people explain something technical with a bunch of other technical things 
And I'm like, actually, I don't think that's helpful at all because you've just used a bunch of jargon words to explain another jargon word. Uh, and what I found sometimes is that if people are not willing to break that down further, it sometimes means that they don't know it themselves that well. So I think if you can't explain a concept in simple terms and you're trying to uh, you know, embellish it and add complex things to it, then maybe it's because you don't really get it yourself. So, um, so sometimes if, if someone's kind of making things more difficult than, uh, than they need to be and you're still very confused, just know that potentially they don't want to show you that they don't get it that much either. So, yeah. That is pretty funny. Yeah. Kind of putting yourself that they're trying to show up as being, you know, all this and that, but yeah. they also might not know what they're talking about. Yeah. I would say that's uh, often well, sometimes the case. <laughs> yeah. And I should add as well on your Instagram, you have some great posts demystifying music production terms. So if there is anything on there that people are like, oh, I'm not really sure what that is, then those posts are like really, they're really good at kind of helping you understand the basics, particularly me as a novice to music production. <laughs> oh, yes. And our uh, comms manager, Carmel, is fantastic at putting those together and she always is looking for new ideas. So if any listeners have any terms that they would like explained, just like send them to us in a DM and and she'll be very, very happy to hear about them. Brilliant, brilliant. Get your questions in. Second question is tips on handling networking as an introvert. You know, the music industry as a whole is very social um, and it's mm. all about connections but of course you know not every person in the industry and particularly from you know the area that they're working in is going to be this social extroverted type of person and it can be you know it can be quite overwhelming when you're in a room going oh my god I need to talk to someone and it's not it doesn't come as you know a natural thing yeah yeah and yeah another good question and it can be a tr tricky thing to navigate and I don't know if it might be a surprise to some people, but I'm definitely an introvert and I do find lots of networking quite draining. And I mm. remember when I was living in London, because I knew I had a limited amount of time there, I went to so many different networking events because I felt like I had to, to make the most of that time. And I would come home feeling like I've just lost all of my energy. So it, yeah, it can be a bit draining. And I think the tip there is to find then the opposite balance of that. So if you've spent a lot of time in really social situations and that's not really where you get your energy, then try and replenish that energy to spend that time on your own doing things that you want to do, uh, whether for me, that's like doing some crafty things or knitting or, or something like that, because I'm actually a very old person at heart. Love that. <laughs> so yeah, so find these other ways to replenish that energy, because if that's not how you, you feel energized, then you will really drain yourself if you keep putting these situations without um, giving yourself that time to replenish. And as far as being scared to talk to people I think just giving yourself really small goals of like I'm just going to go to this one event and today I'm just going to meet one new person and I'm just going to say hi and just start with that and then maybe it's I'm going to 
email a new person that I don't know. And that can be a really scary thing for the first time you send a cold email to someone. And I remember it was for me. And then the first response I got from one of those emails was like the most exciting thing ever. So, and the more you put yourself in these situations, it starts to become routine and it doesn't feel like you're putting yourself out there anymore. Like now I, I have absolutely no problem talking to anyone in the room and just, uh, you know, finding out what they're about. And, and I think what helped me a little bit as well was not feeling like you have to sell yourself every time when you're meeting someone new and more making it about them. Like, you know, maybe don't talk all about you and what you're doing and how great you are. But talk about that person and what they're doing and maybe find something nice to say about them. Genuinely, you know, no one likes uh, flattery particularly. And, and then I think that made me feel a little bit less scared about it because it just felt like a bit more of a human conversation rather than this, you know, intense thing where you have to get these contacts and all of that. Yeah, so perhaps there'll be something useful I think that's really really good advice you know make it about the other person and ask questions about them because really you're there because you want to be knowing more about them yeah but actually you know sometimes we we can kind of be a bit shy about you know sharing what we're up to as well and you know if if someone is at a networking event not always um, but sometimes they're there because they're in a, a place in their life where they are really looking to take whatever they're doing to the next level. And to be able to do that, people are involved and connections are involved. Of course, of course, very important. Um, and then the final one is, if you don't regularly produce a brand, obviously when you have a brand, you tend to have a producer as well, and therefore go to a studio with that band and work with them in the studio, but you do want to get some experience in an actual recording studio, how do you suggest going about gaining some experience in doing that? Because um, we touched on, you know, having our bedroom producers, but actually if you want to go out there and you're not at university, so you don't have access to a university studio, how do you get that experience? Look, that is a very tough question and I'm sure a lot of people want to know that exactly. And the truth is, with the number of studios reducing and the number of people that want to work in them increasing, it does become really tough. And I think a place like London, especially because there are so many people, especially that have studied and have, you know, got uh, just finished their course in Abbey Road or whatever, for example, looking for work, it can be really hard to then approach a studio and say, I don't have any experience and I haven't studied, um, but I would like to work in the studio. Mm. Not to say that it can't happen at all, but then I have also heard some not so great stories of how people then end up being a runner or something. And, and there's nothing wrong with being a runner, but then ended up being treated quite poorly because they're really keen to to make a good impression and maybe a studio is less respectful of that and just sees it as free labor without actually teaching them anything or putting them in situations where they're going to learn and get something out of that as well so it is quite tough and if if the studio space is where you want to be working most 
most, then perhaps doing some sort of course where the practical element is a part of that course might be the best way in. But if I think about anyone I know that's working in a studio now that started recently, I don't think many of them have just kind of gotten that by um, knocking on doors and applying for any position there but have gone down the the study route. But, you know, never say never. Mm. And there's definitely nothing stopping you from emailing a studio manager and saying, look, I work really hard and and tell them something uh, good about yourself. Don't just say, hey, I have zero experience, but I want to do something. But you might say, oh, what what is it that you can do for them? Are you really good at, I don't know, project management or something like that or, or or something that they could use and say, look, I don't have production skills, but I have this, this and this, and I would love to love to work for you. And uh, if you have any anything available to let me know and follow up as well. Sometimes they just don't see it. Don't be scared to just email back and, um, and check in. Got it. Got it. So one, put yourself out there. Two, it sounds like if you if you are at uni, it does help because that kind of lays a couple of connections and really utilize those connections as well with a plan, the goal setting side of things. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly, yeah. Awesome. So I've got a bit of a geeky question for, for you next, um, which I'm sure people listening um, will appreciate. Is there in your studio a piece of equipment that you are particularly proud of at the moment and that you are really enjoying using? And why is that? It's an interesting question for me because I sort of pride myself in a bit of minimalism. <laughs> and because we talk so much to our students and I do believe this as well that you don't need that much to be able to produce good music like you don't have to have this expensive synth or um, some sort of drum machine or, or whatever and you can do it with very little I also find my studio doesn't have a crazy amount of things uh, in it as well so I would say probably the thing that I love the most are probably my monitors my, my uh, Yamaha HS7s so um yes I do I do really love them and uh and then I've got my um Audient ID 14 uh, which is a audio interface that I use that I really like I do really like all of my gear but I'm not I wouldn't say that I'm like really attached to something that I would kind of um feel like I, I couldn't do what I do with, without it. And that's maybe by choice to kind of keep it that way so that if everything goes, there is a way to, to do it. Because for a long time, it was me, my laptop, uh, my, my Sennheiser headphones and like a USB mic. And that's how I made a lot of my, my music. And that was fine for a long time. But uh, it's always handy having having a few MIDI controllers and a couple of different mics and and uh, a few other bits. So so yeah. <laughs> no, that I mean that's really good to know because I think you know there's also a price tag attached to buying equipment. So if you don't need it, then perhaps you don't need it. And just touching on you know music itself, you mentioned minimalism. Um, is there a go-to record that you keep on going back to? 
Uh, I would probably say, and maybe it is a bit of a minimalist album, <laughs> is uh, uh, maybe Overgrown by James Blake. So it's, um, yeah, I feel like I I love kind of the bit of sparseness and simplicity in his production. And uh, yeah, I definitely, it's a go-to album for me. Mm, I love a bit of James Blake really really good to work to as well okay i haven't tried i i find actually music to work to really hard because it's it's not really as much of a background thing for me unless if if it's like classical music but as soon as there's a bit more kind of different elements going on i think my brain just attunes to it too much that i I can't focus on my job (laughs) Yeah, that's the that's the producer coming out and you listening, know, knowing all the layers and how it's been put together. And <laughs> oh, that that is exactly what your brain starts to do, which is a bit tiring. <laughs> <laughs> if there is anyone listening and they are aspiring to be a producer or a sound engineer, what one action could they take today to forward their career in this area? If you haven't started yet, the one action is to just start like whatever that means for you like whether that means just finding a youtube video to just start there or you know if you want to come to us like the the events that we run that that come up once in a while join one of them or even just getting a free trial of a production software or something whatever it is Um, but just take that first step because i think when we keep just thinking about it, but not actually starting, we can just overwhelm ourselves and then just talk ourselves out of it. And then a year's gone by and nothing's happened. (laughs) That's awesome. Empower yourself rather than stepping away. That's not fulfilling in my opinion. I always, I I totally agree with it, with what you're saying. It's like, just go for it. Take the leap. Yeah. And like no one else can make that decision for you. Like that has to come from you. People can help you once you make a decision to start but you have to actually step in and then ask for help and people will will do that Mm, awesome well thank you so much silo you shared so much knowledge and i really hope people listening will take as much um, as they can from this it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much nikki for having me Thank you for listening. Lots of actionable tips included in this one for you to take away and put into practice. We also recommend checking out MPW's podcast where you can learn about production techniques, gear and career opportunities available to listen to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. This podcast is produced by Rosie Bennett.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.